With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, welcome to episode 18 of the Leading Off Podcast. As always, I am Matt Braun. Who do I have over here? Yes, as always, I am Cooper Carlson. For the first edition of the uh, Leading Off Podcast in the off season, you know, I mean, it should be fun. It's going to be great. Off season time. Oh, man. Yep, it has happened. It has went and gone. The Twins played their final game of the season on, uh, was that Monday, I believe it was? Yeah, Monday. And, uh, well, because it was their final game of the season, uh, you can imply that they lost. Because <laughs> they did. Yeah, I mean, it, we came, we last week, most of our uh, last episode was just scenarios for if we win game three, what will happen. Then they just went out and got lost game three, so I put it all to waste, which was pretty funny in its own thing. But, yeah, <laughs> did not win game three. Uh, Odorizzi did fine, but the offense never got going, and I don't know how much in-depth we want to go here, but, yeah, didn't really, didn't come to play. You know what? I really don't feel like going in-depth, personally. Good. I don't know about you. I, <laughs> no. I, I assumed you would. No, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was just from the beginning, I, and I don't I don't know if this is like a, this, this might be a weird take, but I honestly thought the Twins played really well that game. I don't think the final score replicated well, like how I, I thought they hit the ball hard, just right at people a lot, especially right at that freaking Aaron Judge dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought they pitched a lot better than what came out. It felt like a, a lot of a lot of bad luck and some left on base shenanigans occurred. I don't know if that was just me. Uh, yeah, and you know it was uh, it was a, not the best game, obviously they lost, but there was some good aspects. They played. All right, but just couldn't come out. I will ask you: Do you? Th- well, the news came out this week about the baseballs and that they were uh, something's different than them than during the regular season. There's less pop; they're traveling less far. Something happened. Uh, it's a weird way, but do you think it w- would have had any effect on the uh, Twins series if the balls were the same in the regular season? Um, I think I would have had an effect. I still think the Yankees come out on top. I still think they, they win, but maybe it's less lopsided. The Twins actually take a game or two, God forbid. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's just like highly suspicious, all the stuff that came out. It's like, yeah, the ball's flying uh, four and a half feet uh, less far than on average. And it's like, well, um, that's something, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, my take with it is uh, – I don't know. I guess I don't think it would have altered the series in any way. I still think the Yankees sweep because they get the same distance back the Twins do on their hit balls. I'm sure they had a few warning track flies. I could go back and research every fly ball, but I'm not going to do that. Um, my problem with it is it affects every hitter and every single pitcher in a different in a different way, and you get you you know it could completely alter the outcomes. There's no 
I guess, logical proof, but just changing the baseballs from what they were in the regular season in the playoffs instead of just waiting until next season. Because Manfred, he talked a lot about he's going to switch the baseballs, but then he, he come out and do it during the season which the baseballs were juiced is just doesn't make any sense to me, so I don't know. Not only that, but it's like I mean, you, you everyone's well aware of how like <laughs> how well we track stuff and like how we got dorks tracking like the most minute stuff. Do they think they were gonna get away with it? Do they think that was a possibility? How how could they have thought that? Yeah, you can find the percentage of um every single home run percentage on, like, the certain exit velocity and launch angle, and it's like all the balls are above, like, 60%, and they're just not leaving the park. It's like, oh, it's probably not a coincidence that all of them are staying in. You know, that usually mm-hmm. would be over 60%, but, you know, man, maybe you thought no one would notice, or it's, I mean, it could potentially be a huge deal, but, I mean, I think it, I don't know if it will be, but it seems like it should be, right? Just, you know, uh, change the baseball before the playoffs seems a bit odd. I mean, I mean, yeah, it feels like it's a, <laughs> it. It could be huge. I mean, the issue that comes back still is like, how much does it affect everyone? You don't know. Uh, it, it's the same kind because of, everyone is playing with the same ball. But mm-hmm. at the same time, you know, teams are built. Uh, the Twins specifically were built with this idea in mind that hey, maybe we can take advantage of this. Maybe we can, you know, it, it might be cheap. It might kind of be cheeky in some ways, but uh, if it's there, why not take advantage of it? So you take that away, and now, hey, uh, we kind of planned around this being a thing, and uh, now it's no longer a thing, so uh, we're kind of just left hanging. Right, a team built with no starting, well, coming in the playoffs, you know, no real starting rotation, and a team that was going to win solely based on their lineup contributions had their one key advantage kind of uh, taken away. Of course, I'm not going to blame the series or any game on the ball, but it, it's odd and it kind of sucks, but you know, we'd like to see how it played out with the regular ball. Probably not much difference, but you never know. Yeah, that, that's really it. You just never know. Maybe something changes. Maybe it doesn't. Who, who knows? They could have gone a lot of different ways, but and it's whatever, I guess. I but what happened? I was like, sure, why not? Screw it. We're already like down on our luck, like so far, anyways. So who cares? <laughs> I know it's yeah. like the most wishy-washy, like. Minnesota sports thing to say ever, but it's that's just how it's <laughs> Yeah, same. It was just whatever. I mean, weren't gonna we weren't gonna win a series, whether or not we had a juice baseball or not juice baseball. It was just the Yankees played better overall, and the baseball was altered, but wouldn't have done anything. So yeah, we didn't have that written down, but we just spent about five <laughs> ten minutes on there, so it's pretty good. Nice. That's the that's the kind of uh, improv you gain over uh, each episode. <laughs> you kind of you gain that. Yeah, or, or 20, technically, 18 recorded. How about that? Uh, <laughs> ouch. That's still a can't joke about that yet. But uh, So, moving on, they lost the game. What's the next step? We've talked about the off-season. Off-season season, uh, I hate it. I hate the off-season. It's just painful and long and drawn out. And even worse now with how, like, teams handle free agency nowadays where it feels like pulling teeth, try to get anyone to actually sign anyone. They're just like, we're still in December, like, well, there's interest in this. And it's like, why? How? What What could you be interested in? What new information is coming out that wasn't there a month ago? Are you kidding me? Freaking. Yeah. yeah. If if uh, Garrett Cole isn't, um, if there's not a bidding war over him, like there used to be over these kinds of players, then then something is definitely wrong. Like, 
I guess you can see it with the guys like Harper and Machado last year, you know, Keiko and Kimbrell. They've got their disadvantages, but Jared Cole does not. And if there's not a uh, – there's really nothing wrong with him. Like, he's a human cyborg. Like, if there's not teams lining up and paying <laughs> top dollar for him, then free agency is broken. And, I mean, I think this will be the test, the offseason test, to see if we're really in a problem here. But I think it hopefully will be all right because I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be fun. It'll, you're looking forward to the offseason. I – like to be optimistic about things, so yes, absolutely. <laughs> you are a certified insane person. I tell you that much. It can get fun, you know. The days of two months in a row where you go, will he, will anyone sign today? Until about <laughs> December fifteenth, when things maybe get going. I'm, I'm excited. Oh, <laughs> I I am not excited at all, but I mean, there. I guess there are some reasons to get excited, specifically as a Twins fan, but just like. I, I remember what it was like. It was just cold and slow. Just <laughs> yeah. Awful, just generally awful, but uh, we got to deal with it, I guess. So uh, there was there was a move made already. Uh, technically, it wasn't a, it hasn't been made official yet, but uh, it's it's one of those things. You know, it's going to happen. Uh, Nelson Cruz's option was picked up by the Twins for 2020. I believe it comes out to 12 million dollars. I believe it was. Yep. And, uh, all right. Yeah, it was $12 million, so this is, uh, like, the least surprising thing ever, and I believe it took him all of one day to announce it. Uh, so, yeah, Nelson Cruz is back. That's, I think it is one of those rare moves where literally 100% of fans are like, yeah, that's good. I like that. Yeah, and the funny thing about it is, like, he was, he, you know, was top 10 hitter last year, maybe even higher, and he uh, had a pay decrease in his, for this next year. He went from uh, 14 to 12. That's interesting, but I guess good work by the Twins front office to set that up. So that down his pay is down from last year. Hmm. Yeah, it's a, a little bit interesting, but hey, I, you know, if I if my pay is going down from fourteen mil to twelve mil, I would uh, be very happy. <laughs> I don't know about you. Uh, it sounds about right. Yeah. No, I was, I was. Oh yeah. So it hasn't been made official, I guess. But he did talk about it on MLB Network Radio. So it's all but done. You can say. Yeah, it's it's all but once once the like breaks through. It is a little weird that they've been hesitant to announce it, but there might be some sort of like wait until mm-hmm. the actual season is over to do it. I don't know. There's a whole bunch of like jargon and whatnot, almost I'm bureaucratic sure. in ways. Yeah, yeah. got to be. But uh, again, no surprise there. Good, uh, good to see him back. That's nice. Uh, somewhat kind of in the same vein, uh, this is interesting, some news was broke by uh, Buster Olney earlier in the week that there's an extension in the works for front office member Derek Falvey, who, uh, of course, was brought on along with Thad Levine, kind of been the, the two guys to head this Twins rebuild after the disaster 2016 season. And they've, uh, you know, they've definitely moved the franchise in the right direction. You know, two out of three years that they've been here, they've made the, the playoffs. Overall record, haven't looked at it, but it's got to be around uh, 600 winning percentage or something. So that's good to see, especially with uh, the rumors that he might possibly be going to Boston with the opening there with uh, Dave Dombrowski firing. So a uh, big fan of him staying around. <laughs> yeah, uh, him and Thad Levine have they've obviously done amazing. They came in after the 2016 season, you know, 101 losses, I think, maybe more. <laughs> I think it was 101. And yes, Look, we all try to forget that season. So yes, exactly. I don't remember and turn this team into an immediate playoff team. 
2018 didn't go so well. 2019, they won over 100 games. So, you know, pretty good. And uh, going to Boston, I guess I never really thought of a – I didn't think you ever really would. You know, you come to this Twins team, you finally get through your three-year opening window. I don't think you leave, and especially for Boston that fired their uh, origin, their last GM after a World Series title. That's some uh, tough. That's a tough job over there. I like his security yeah, here. I think he does too. Yeah, you're not wrong. It was it was kind of just like like trying to draw lines that maybe didn't exist because he's from Massachusetts, and I don't mm-hmm. know. There's an opening. Whenever there's an opening with like a big market, everyone's like, oh, obviously they're going to push from a small market. Sometimes it does happen. You see, like, uh, Andrew Friedman going from the Rays to the Dodgers. But, you know, sometimes they don't. Sometimes they're just like, you know, I like it here. So screw everyone else. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do respect that. Yeah, I think him and I don't think uh, he'd ever separate himself from Sad Levine. I think they're like brothers now. That's really nice. <laughs> Maybe they are. Maybe they, like, do you think they, like, uh, go to each other's, like, birthdays and uh, celebrations birthdays. like that? Definitely. I absolutely do. Like, Christmas is just those two. Ooh, Christmas. Man, imagine Christmas with Derek Falvey and Thad Levine. Yeah, that'd be uh, be interesting. I wonder if they – I mean, they probably talk about other things in baseball, but I don't think they do. It's all winter meeting talk the whole time. Yeah, I was going to say, that's that's in the middle of offseason. Yeah, that's a wasted opportunity right there if they're not talking. Yeah, I don't think they What's can even doing? celebrate holidays. They don't have time. <laughs> legally, legally, they're not allowed to, no. <laughs> it's in the contract. Yeah. Be like like whenever uh, like an athlete posts something or he's just like playing video games or whatever. Someone's like, "Hey, hit the gym." It's like that type of deal. <laughs> yeah. I love like, that. Gotta be work oh, man. work a hundred percent of the time. You can't do anything else. It's like uh, I mean a prime example one that everyone knows. Trevor May goes on a stream and it's oh you're, this is you're not going to fix that fastball that gave up a home run the other day. <laughs> all right, it's like, all right, whatever. <laughs> and it's like, hey, Trevor. You can play after you stop hanging breaking balls. He's like, dude, really? <laughs> He's like a major league pitcher. It's amazing. Oh, it's, it's like, if I had the confidence of those type of people, I, I wish. I I do respect it to some degree, those kind of people where you just, like, throw everything to the wind and just, like, criticize people who are so much better at this sport than you ever thought you could be. Oh, it's outstanding. And I'll oh, continue to love it forever. Oh, it's, it's, it's hilarious. It's truly hilarious. So... Uh, moving on to stuff of actual substance, uh, I think, I think, baby. Uh, so there's a handful of Twins players whose contracts are up, so we'll be talking about those guys. I think our predictions, how those are going to go, uh, whether or not we want them back. So the list of guys whose contract is up, we have Jason Castro, Jonathan Scope, Cal Gibson, Michael Pineda, Jake Odorizzi, Sergio Romo, and, uh, Two other guys who, whose contracts aren't up, they're kind of in mm-hmm. limbo somewhat. Martin Perez, who do a, does have a, a team option, and CJ Crone, who appears to be a fan favorite regarding uh, the question of whether he gets non-tendered or not. So we will throw those guys in there sort of like how everyone else is, just for simplicity's sake. So uh, I guess we can just go down the list. Jason Castro, huh? how would you feel? How are you feeling about Jason Castro? All right. So I actually, for Twins Daily on Wednesday, I did a piece on all these guys talking about if I think they're coming back or not. And Castro, I think Mitch Garver, well, obviously, I think he solidified himself as the guy for this, uh, you know, for this upcoming season and beyond. And I think Castro has the, uh, he has the talent to get a starting job somewhere else. 
if she's willing to take a if the twins are willing or they think they're going to continue to do kind of what they did this year where they alternate catchers you know 50-50 split sort of which separated at the end but if they're willing to do something along that line and Castro wants to take a one-year deal which I find unlikely it'd be great to have him back I think but I would expect him to be moving on get like two to three year deal starting somewhere Okay, yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. I'd like him back, uh, mm-hmm. just because I like, you know, the, I don't know, the stereotype of like the veteran catcher, but I think it is somewhat true. Uh, just his presence, it seemed, uh, seemed to be, uh, good. Although, like you said, uh, Mitch Garver does appear to be the guy going forward. And, but again, in kind of the modern age we've seen, uh, there's no such thing really as a starting catcher. It's more like you have two starting catchers. Yeah. Because, uh, it takes so much. The, the position demands so much from him. So I wouldn't mind him back. I don't know if I go if I try to get him back. I don't know if I go three years. I think he'd go two. I like his defense. Uh, his bat fell off majorly in the second half. Kind of came yeah. out overall. Kind of came out to around what you'd expect. So I don't know. Some other interesting names out there uh, at catcher. I don't know. Stephen Boked actually had oh. an OPS over 800, which may or may not surprise you. Uh, yeah, Tyler like, Flowers, Alex Avila. Tyler Flowers, maybe Robinson Chirinos. You can look through the name, but there's there's some other interesting guys. Uh, the big mm-hmm. question might be: uh, you look at Yasmani Grandal, potentially. Uh, is, that, is that too much? I, I don't. I don't think. I don't think. You, I don't think you spend money on a. You know, that's a big deal for a guy that. It, you know, it'd be kind of like punching Mitch Garver in the face a little bit. Like, <laughs> hey, we signed this guy to split time with you. We don't think you're good enough to hold the role, and I don't think they're going to spend big money on a starting catcher. That doesn't seem to make sense. Well, I mean, they, they did have interest last year. Uh, that was before they to make a, an OPS over 1,000. Um, this Okay, that's very fair. This is very fair. <laughs> uh, yeah, you kind of got me there. I don't know. It's just just throw names out there. I don't. I don't. I agree. I don't think. Yeah, sure. uh, I don't. I don't think it's the smartest decision to make, but could be potentially interesting. He had a phenomenal year again. I don't know why, like people thought he wasn't going to. He's. Yeah. Elite defensively and he's elite offensively for a catcher, so uh, those guys don't like grow on trees. So uh, I don't get it, but yeah, just, I think it'll come down just something to interesting. money for Castro. I think it'll come down. You know, if the Twins want him back, it'll be outspending everyone else who wants him. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, yeah. So yeah, no, you got it. Manon, uh, talk about CJ Crone. I think we Ooh. had this question asked to us before whether or not we uh, tender him. I think my answer was yes, because uh, I know his downfall in the second half was directly attributed to his thumb injury, and as long as that's fine, then I have full confidence in him being a, you know, above average first baseman. And at seven mil, I think was his projected uh, salary for arbitration. I'm fine with that for a, a solid first baseman. I don't think that's overtly crazy. Yeah, it's going to be tough and it's going to be fun to see what they do because they do have, you know, for future possibilities, Kirilov or Rooker, and then if they do want to ever move Sano over there, maybe do it next season and see where you go from there. But So it'll be tough to see if they see the roster being uh, able to fit him still. But if they want to keep Sano at third and keep Kirilov in the minors, Rooker in the minors and start the year, yeah, bring Krohn back. Why not? Seven mil, he can mash lefties and play a decent first base. It'll be interesting, though. Yeah, yeah, it will be. Um, it wouldn't surprise me. Not only that, but also the first base for agent market is always terrible. 
Like, uh, basically, you have Mitch Moreland and Jose Abreu, and that's kind of it. It's like, true. You know, who who else do you really go with? So, <laughs> once, I think he's going to come back. Uh, next name, Jonathan Scope. Uh, his ass is gone. I, there's no way he's coming back. <laughs> yeah, no controversy there. I definitely agree. Scope's, uh, he had a fine season, did probably what was expected from the front office, and see ya. Yeah, thanks for being the, uh, <laughs> yes. the bridge to the player we were expecting to be the future second baseman, but uh, was a bridge to a future second baseman. So there you go, right? Yeah, yeah. Not any controversy there whatsoever. Yeah, I don't think that's going to be a hot take there. I think a lot of people are going to agree. So uh, moving on to pitchers. First one, uh, Kyle Gibson. He is a, he's an interesting one. I know everyone loves to hate him. Maybe some of it was uh, self-inflicted. Uh, but he will be an interesting case nonetheless. I do not bring him back, personally. I, I know I understand the argument for, and I can see it, but personally I just don't do it. I would love him back. I think he's going to be good next year. I think he's going to get a three-year deal, you know, fine pay next year. And But it won't be with the Twins. I, You know, I just don't see it happening with – the guys, you know, I've, the Twins are going to be building a rotation with two other guys that they've had this year and hopefully a trade and a free agent. So Gibson's the odd man out. You think Gibson's going to get a three-year deal in this free agent market? Lance Lynn did. Okay, well, that that was, that was like the one exception. Was I mean, like Gibson, he's, he, what is he, like 31 and... Like, I'd say two to three, and because he has been, you know, three seven two ERA since the 2017 All Star break, it's solid. And obviously, he was struggling with something this year. He can pitch, and if someone can get him on the cheap for two to three years, then it's a good deal for that team. Okay, so first thing, yes, he is 31. So uh, good call there. Uh, there were three pitchers last off season who got three years or more. So that's kind of why I'm. Uh, I'm drawing the line. I think three, the magic number for any offseason now is just going to be two. Jay okay. Happ, two-year deal. Charlie Morton, two-year deal. Annabelle Sanchez, two-year You get the idea. The hmm. three guys All are right. Lance Lynn, Nathan Uvalde, and Patrick Corbin. So I I just don't see that for uh, a guy who does bring risk regarding assuming he's going to bounce back because assuming that at 31 isn't necessarily given. I suppose, yeah. Uh, yeah, two years, I'd say uh, I'll take it back then. And, you know, I think he's moving on. I really like him a lot. He's fun to – he's been great for a while, except for the second half of the season. And it'll mm-hmm. be weird to see him on a different team. That it certainly will be. I That'll be kind of odd, but I do think it'll happen. So, uh, moving on, next name, Mike Pineda. I absolutely want him back. I don't think that is a, a hot take at all. I think everyone wants him back. I will gladly send him two years or three years. I don't really care. I just want him back. Yeah, uh, agreed. Get Pineda back. He is your hopefully number four in the rotation, and that's good there. Yeah, cool. All right. Don't have to talk about that one. Uh, <laughs> next one, Martin Perez, who does have a team option, and uh, I am denying that shit so hard that you don't <laughs> even like – think twice about it. I absolutely do not want him back on this team. I almost hope he comes back just so we can just so you can yell a while and vent during this oh podcast, but I agree with you. Oh He's my god. Gone. 
He better be gone, yeah. Oh, no. There's, yeah, just with how he pitched after the month mm-hmm. of May and then the other options that are available if Martin Perez is back, then something went very, 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 very wrong. Definitely. And you can make the – well, I mean, someone, I guess, could make the argument for a relief pitcher, but he what's he owed, like 7 mil next year? Uh, yeah. 7.2 or something? No. I don't no. pick that up no matter what. No. I don't want him back, so mm-hmm. see you, Martin. Sorry. Uh, moving on, Jake Odorizzi. He's going to be an interesting one because I'd be interested in bringing him back, but I'm also interested to see what his market's going to look like, specifically because the starting pitching market isn't necessarily that strong. you got a lot of interesting names, really, at the top. It's going to be uh, Garrett Cole, obviously, but – Beyond that, if Strasburg doesn't opt out, then there's not a whole lot of strength. So I think there'll be a solid market for him. I think I offer him the qualifying offer, uh, which actually surprisingly went down this year by like 100000 which is kind of strange. I believe it was $17.8 million off the top of my head. But, yeah. All right, yeah. So I offer him that. If he rejects it, uh, then I guess I try for like some sort of two-year deal, three-year deal. But – I don't know. I just don't know how much money he's going to gain. I'm, it's interesting. Um, for me, I think I'm going to say right here on this podcast that is not live but will be uploaded that he will accept the qualifying offer, and then he just so he can oh. test it again next year without it. That's my. I think he's just going to take it. Okay, there you go. Yeah, so he's back and he's my number three. Great, I'd be a fan <laughs> of that. I'd be a big fan of it. So uh, there's that, Jacob Rizzi. Thank you for accepting a qualifying offer. <laughs> uh, big fan of that. Uh, and then the the final name on the list, uh, Sergio Romo, who yes. I think is not a surprise. Yes. I want him back. I'm sure everyone and their mother wants him back. Yes. 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 Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Absolutely. I'd, no one. If you disagree with that, then I I don't even know what to tell you. Yeah. Then you go to a different state. You're done. I guess yeah. you don't even live in Minnesota anyway. But I guess. you actually hate fun. Like yeah, you yes, have exactly. to hate fun. So bringing back Romo, I don't know. He probably won't even cost that much at this point. It's one year, like no two million. Yeah, not in. Mm-hmm. You probably get him on like a yeah. minor league deal. Just you know, he's not on the forty man. I, this was in Brandon Warren's uh, off season. Uh, what do I call it? His blueprint. Yes, blueprint. He said, sign Romo on a minor league deal. Your 40 spot is open. Then when he makes the majors, his incentive, because he will make the majors, his incentive boost kicks in. He makes the money that a major leaguer would. Kind of a sneaky thing to do, but, yeah. Do we got a report resort to doing cheesy shit like this? Can we sign him a major league deal? I mean, I guess, you I know, guess it's, it's a just... thing to do. I, <laughs> I know. That happened this last offseason, like Jose Iglesias, Romo himself again, a lot of other names did it. It's like, why, why are we skirting around this minor league deal crap just so we can keep, like, one fringe 40-man reliever of, like, 27 and walks five per nine at AAA around? Like, why why do we have to do this? You know, you're talking about – you're offending your uh, favorite former relief pitcher, Ryan Harper, with that statement. Oh, gee. Well, Ryan Harper is a different statement. Because these guys are, like, established major league talent. Harper didn't even play in a major league game, so I, I feel like that's different. Yeah, it's, well, fine. No, I, I'm not. Re- I, I'm not like recommending it or anything. I'm just saying, you know, possibility. I don't know how much he's going to get paid, yeah. but it's a it's something that could happen. 
Yeah, I know. You're just recommending it. I just wanted to go off on my tangent. So yeah, Don't shoot the messenger here. I very much shot the messenger. The messenger oh, is very dead right. right now. So. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. I've never so, heard that uh, response. <laughs> we're expecting that, I guess. So. <laughs> uh, moving on, we're talking about uh, potential 40-man roster casualties. So kind of just looking at the roster, uh, not regarding uh, any guys that we said are possibly leaving free agency, but more like fringe guys, guys who could potentially be DFA'd to make room, uh, kind of just looking through. So I got a few guys. I think we can do this. I guess I can just say a name, you say a name, and we bicker over it. Yeah, that sounds good. Why not? <laughs> so, now, let's see. The first casualty, uh, I don't, this one might be probably – I'm going to let's do some soft toss right now. Uh, Ronald Torres. Uh, he has no more options remaining after this year, I believe. I don't see him as a future on this team. So, I think he gets DFA'd or traded. Uh, yeah, I, you know, no reason for him to really stay if they need room. Uh no arguments here. He got walked off hit by pitch. That's what I remember him as, so it's fun. <laughs> My guy yeah. is, uh, you know, the most controversial, non-controversial guy on that either of us should have on this list, Cole Stewart. I think he's, if they really need, if they're desperate and need to get someone out, could be Cole. I forgot you like Cole Stewart. Could be your guy, Cole yeah. Stewart. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of messed up, dude. Sorry. My bad. Yeah. I, you know, I've seen that, and I've seen people say that uh, they thought, Cole Stewart has thrown his last pitch to Twins uniform. I don't know if I believe that, to be honest. Because at least with Stewart, he still has options left. So they might keep him around. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess I was just going to throw one of yeah, – this list is going to be so non-controversial, so I figured I'd throw that out there. <laughs> All right. No, that's fair. Well, maybe. I do have a few names in my back pocket. Wow. Maybe, so definitely one that you're going to fight me on. I know that much. I might have just spoiled it already, so – Brios, uh, yeah. Does Matt want to DFA Jose Brios more than eleven? Uh, get clickbait if we want more to more people to listen to these, I guess. Oh, um, let's see. Looking through uh, Ryan Lamar, easy one. Yeah, he was just kind of around, just his depth. I think he's he's gone. No questions about it. Yeah, I mean, sure. <laughs> Why, of course. And sure. Uh, I'll say a name, and then you want to just get to your the rest of yours and then your controversial ones. Uh, Ian Miller, for me, I think he's probably gone. Yeah, that won't surprise me. doesn't have a whole lot of use. He's very specific niche. So, Is that huh. is that it for your list? You just said two guys? Uh, no, I had the guys that you said as well, and then I had oh. uh, Ryan Harper. I don't know if he's, you know, I don't know. He could be gone. No, I I had Ryan Harper too. I was gonna go with okay. him. I, it wouldn't surprise me. His he was stopped being effective after like June. It seemed like teams figured him out. Uh, yeah, he's has like no room for error. If he doesn't have two strikes on him, then uh, he doesn't have a whole lot to get back in the count. So uh, it would. I think he's gone as well. So potentially some more interesting names here. Uh, I think Sam Dyson. As a non-tender candidate, just because he's not going to come back this year, he's probably not going to come back next year. He's going to make uh, a decent chunk of change for a reliever that's probably not going to pitch for the Twins the rest of his career. So I think he might be gone. Yeah, he'll get um, kind of like what Michael Pineda got when he came to the Twins. I don't know if it has much money, but the same type of deal where they pay for his rehab and then hope he's effective when he comes back. I don't know if that'll be the Twins. Probably not. Not going to fight John Sam Dyson because it's likely he's not back. So 
Yeah, yep, I'd agree there. All right, cool. Uh, moving on. Let's see. I we might be getting into the spicy ones now. Might be. Actually, I'll do one non-spicy and then two spicy. So, uh, the one kind of non-spicy I'm going to throw out there is maybe Sean Poppin. Oh, now, man, I, really? Now, oh, I knew. God. I'm sorry. Now, let, let me explain myself. So, I don't I don't envision this happening, and I do like Sean Poppin. I know you love Sean Poppin. We're, we're big fans of Sean Poppin on this <laughs> podcast. However, with him, it's more so that he's kind of caught in this in-between. He wasn't much of a prospect, and he didn't perform a whole lot at the major league level simply because I don't know what he had, like five innings here. So uh, just because they, he's such an unknown, and if it reaches a point where there is a roster crunch, he might have to, you know, give him the boot. I don't see it happening, but I think he's, like, theoretically in the future, if some moves occur, he's, like, the 41st man where you're just kind of like, well, sorry, dude. Yeah, I think if this happens, it means the Twins had a very successful offseason. They've acquired some good talent that requires yeah. picking a lot of guys off the 40-man. So if it comes down to a guy like Zach Wheeler or Sean Poppin, I will struggle <laughs> with that. But ultimately, I will take Zach Wheeler. <laughs> there you go, yeah. Kind of, yeah, the same thing. It's like if, <laughs> if you're having to DFA Sean Poppin, then you probably had a decent offseason. So, yeah, if that one is hard to, like, comprehend, what could your spicy ones be, and how could they make sense? Well, actually, uh, I just realized now I have three spicy ones. One, uh, I don't see happening. I'm doing this to stir up the pot. Uh, <laughs> it's probably the second one, actually. And then the third one is probably legit. So let's do it with the legit one. It, it pains me to say this, but I think Trevor, Trevor Hildenberger is definitely okay. in some sort of – uh, I mean, it's now a year and a half now where he hasn't been, well, his usual self. And at this point, I don't even know what his usual self is. Uh, you know, he was horrendous this year beyond, like, the first month. Uh, struggled with health, came back, uh, didn't do particularly well at AAA, didn't do particularly well in the majors in September. And at this point, you know, he's 28. He was a, a late-round late, late round pick. and I, His time might have just run his course. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, his usual self might, you know, be what we're seeing now and not what we saw in 2017 when he, you know, almost carried the bullpen on his back. But I think he's come down to earth and shown who he might actually be, unless he can figure something out. I think mm-hmm. I don't think he'll be, D, you know, DFA, but I don't think he'll be effective either. Yeah, I don't know. I get, he's kind of like a, a Sean Poppin type, where it's just like. Uh, I believe he has options left, so you could still, you know, just bury him in AAA if need be. But at the same time, it's like if you're just keeping a guy around just for the sake of keeping around, you're kind of like, okay, what are we doing here? You know, what's what's the end goal? I don't know. Yeah. So, I I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me more than anything. I just wouldn't, yeah. With these kind of guys, you know, wait out till they don't have any options left, see if you can squeeze anything out of them and then let them go. I guess Mm -hmm. if they do still have options, keep them, but. When they run out, they're probably gone. Yeah, yeah. So I don't envision it, but definitely is a possibility. So just want to mm-hmm. throw them out there. The the next two, these are going to be the spiciest of spicy. So the first can one. I pred- can I, uh, I'm going to predict one of them is a fan favorite. Is that true? I don't think. No, no. It's okay, not never mind. Deal. All right. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was going to say no, that. I just to say knew, but knew no. where you were going with that. Yeah. You you tried right. to get a read on me. Couldn't not quite do it. So. <laughs> uh I don't 
envision these happening yet. Potentially in the future, so it might be jumping the gun on these, but again, I just kind of wanted to talk about them. The first one is Fernando Romero. Mm-hmm. Now, yes, I, I don't see it happening. I don't think it happens. But at the same time, we're kind of uh, – the, the clock's ticking on him because uh, this year was supposed to kind of be, like, a big year for him. I think he was supposed to take that step forward and kind of prove that he could either be, if not a, a solid starter, a dominant reliever. And he really didn't do that at all. He struggled with command heavily, both at AAA and in the majors in the short time he was uh, there. Just hasn't really looked like the guy we were promised for so long. So I don't see – again, though, he throws – he can hit 99 with run. So as long as he does that, he's going to stay around just because, you know, they're going to try and work with that. But if that doesn't happen after this year, he might be on his way out. For, I mean, <clears throat> not much else to say there, but for Romero, do you, I mean, obviously he's not going to make the roster opening day. Do you put him back in the AAA rotation, or do you keep trying the bullpen? What do you think? I think I'd put him back in the AAA rotation. I don't think he yeah. worked well as a reliever for whatever reason. I I agree. I mean, there's no spot for him in the rotation this year, or if there is and something went horribly wrong. I mean, there shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. So. But, yeah, you know, he's only 24 right now. If you can get him effective in a year to two years pitching out of the rotation when you might need him, sure, put him back in there and see where it goes from here. I mean, no real risk, no reason to DFA him either, but I see where you're going with this. But, yeah, no. yeah. So it, will, it will not be a – well, not be a this year thing, but I think he's definitely on. Moves. Okay, I see. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, put him in rotation and see where it goes. Yeah. So we'll see where that goes. I mean, this one, uh, much in the same vein, but again, it was just kind of me thinking uh, about the future. Nick Gordon, just because I legitimately don't know where he fits in the future on the Twins. Just legitimately, he was supposed to be middle infielder of the future, some sort. But he's already been passed up by Polanco. He's been passed up now by Arias. We already have better infield prospects straight up in Royce Lewis and uh, potentially uh, Wander Javier. And you're just looking around. You're like, where does he – I don't know where he fits. I legitimately don't know where he fits. He was okay at AAA this year, 102 WRC+, plus. still questions about his defense. So I just – I don't – he hasn't really – proven a whole lot this year, and I think, again, much like Romero, 2020 is going to be a major year for him to determine if he fits in this team going forward. We did, yeah, we did discuss him a while back, I don't know, like 10 episodes or so ago, and I think um, he, his role, what I perceive it to be, is the next Ari Adrianza, when Adrianza finally mm-hmm. is eligible to make some real money in free agency, which seems like it never will happen because he's been around forever. <laughs> then he's, you know, but then I think yeah. right now he's he would take over for Adrianza if he was gone and they don't bring him back, which they will. But I don't know when that is. Even <laughs> it might be next year. It could be ten years. I don't know. But I think he's yeah. lined up for a utility type role. Yeah, which feels uh, very disappointing to say. Uh, at this point, because you're like, man, he was supposed to really be something. Hey, you want to know something that I just saw on Twitter because I have notifications on for Mitch Garber? No. Oh. Oh, is, is he back on Twitter? First, he is. His first tweet since last September. Just, I'm going to totally change the subject. These new baseballs for the postseason are an adjustment, dot, dot, dot. Oh. Huh. 
Oh. <laughs> oh, Mitch. No, he's stirring the pot over here. I'm going to leave him a nice comment. There we go. Yeah, yeah, I didn't. That's something. I guess going back to what we said, the baseball must be different. <laughs> of course, I think we just missed a. I think we just missed a very near home run on TV since we're not watching the game. But, oh wow! Okay. Hmm, weird. Oh well. Hmm, interesting. Very, very interesting. Okay, well, thanks for uh, stirring the pot, Nick. You're completely steering this in a different direction, but... Yeah, my bad. <laughs> no, that's, uh, that's interesting. Of course, that's his first tweet in, like, forever. Yeah. But Well, uh, I guess getting back to what you said, that you think he takes over for Adrianza. I don't even know if he does that, because Adrianza had the glove. Adrianza's great defensively, and Gordon's has kind of been his knock, because he has a lot of questions defensively. So it's like... Yeah. So it's like uh, jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none. You know, um, kind of, I'm, but like below average in all of those being jack of all trades. So it's like, what what value does he hold? That yeah, very true. And the Twins have Adrianza for one more year after this still somehow. So mm-hmm. looks like Nick Gordon. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Nick Gordon never really gets any significant time on the major league roster. Yeah, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. As I said, it's kind of sad to think about, but. I think that's kind of the reality we're heading to. Yeah. He's still hyped up by fans and among others as, like, one of the top prospects, but he's, you know, fallen out of the top 15 by now, you'd think, right? Oh, easily. Easily. Yeah, okay. I mean, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's been kind of weird. You th- I've seen his name thrown around. It's like, well, do you offer him and Noah Syndergaard? It's like, dude, the Mets are going to laugh you out of the room so hard. <laughs> At that point, it's like... Right, okay. Or, or it's like people are like, oh, yeah, the top prospects, uh, Lewis and Gordon. It's like, no, 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 no. You've got to look down that list a, a while before you get to where Gordon's at, so... Right. All right, glad that's yeah. cleared up, and we just, you know, hated it on Gordon yeah. a bit. Sorry. Definitely just took a giant shit on him. Sorry. <laughs> uh, well, I think, think that does it for my 40-man casualties, at least, yeah. so... Yeah, that's it. Yeah, um, I didn't have on. any spicy ones. Ah, yeah, I always got to bring the spice and the, bring You're the right. spice here, so got to do it. Uh, so we're going to be talking about some personal free agent targets that we have uh, going in this year. There were some interesting names, some not interesting names. Uh, I don't know. I'm interested to see how this plays out. So I think the uh, this is not going to be a hot take. The most uh, immediate need of the, for the Twins is going to be starting pitching, and I'll. We'll see how they uh, decide to attack that. Uh, and then we'll talk about uh, uh, next what specifically Derek Falvey's quote on that was. But uh, I have a few names I'm interested in. I guess I can just rattle them off and yeah. I mean, it'll tell me how wrong I am. But <laughs> uh, the first name I had actually was a reliever. I'm very interested in Drew Pomerantz because once he was turned into a reliever, he was like melting faces and just striking everyone and their mother out. And I would – like him and Taylor Rogers as your two lefties in the back end, I feel like that'd be very nice. And really, that's that's it for the bullpen. Other than re-signing Romo, I think we just re-signed Romo and signed Pomerantz. You got yourself a great bullpen right there. So uh, that's my move. Uh, the next one, uh, I've been high on him. You already know it. I assume you have him on it. Uh, Zach Wheeler, uh, yep. go after him. Go go get my boy Wheeler. If he doesn't sign the Twins, it'll be very sad. So um, I like Wheeler. Uh, See next I have here. Uh, not I'm not talking about resigning guys because they don't count. Uh, mm-hmm. Two guys I'm interested in 
to some varying degrees. Uh, I saw Cole Hamels was going to be a free agent, and he's get, he is getting up there in age. I believe he's going to be 37 next year, but still uh, 3.81 ERA in the year, I believe. F4 was round three, so he's still putting up solid numbers. I don't think uh, if, if it's like he's asking like 20 mil or so, then uh, I'm not going to get him that, but, you know, more reasonable deal. I won't mind it. And then uh, the other name, potentially Madison Bumgarner. I don't know. He still has fallen off, and this podcast alone has had many different takes regarding him. Uh, <laughs> but I'd still be interested. Again, comes down to price. If he's, uh, if it's not outrageous, I'd be interested in him. He's, he's a bit on the younger side compared to other guys uh, at just 30. So I don't know if you give him like a three- or four-year deal. I think he'd still be fine. Uh, also, I will say right now, just because I don't want any of this time for uh, Garrett Cole is not signing with the Twins. It is not oh. happening in any u- universe that exists that I'm And I was going to make a Garrett Cole joke. There goes that. God, I had to throw <laughs> water on it. I, I've seen a lot of it. Uh, twins saving up for Garrett Cole. i, I got to stop this right now. It is yeah, not happening. There. Mm-hmm. It's not happening. So uh, there's that. Um, is there anyone else here? I don't know. I'd mentioned Tanner Roark, but I know you are, so I won't do it. Um, uh, I'll, say, I'll say I'm not interested in Dallas Keuchel. He's done nothing to prove otherwise. His velocity is down. His uh, FIP is up. I don't give a shit about his ERA because the ERA is a made-up number. Uh, I'm also still not interested in Gio Gonzalez. I don't care what his ERA is. Again, it's a made-up number. So, uh, Yeah, I think, I think that's it for me. Uh, yeah, I will you know, branch off a bit what you said. Um, for relievers, lefties, Pomerantz, uh if the Twins can get Will Smith somehow, if they can get Will Smith, that would be outstanding. You've got Will Smith and Taylor Rogers at the back end of your bullpen. I think you target him first, and if you don't get him, then Drew Pomerantz is just fine you know, for back end, but that would be amazing to have those two elite lefties back there. <clears throat> and as you said, the bullpen is all but set. Just bring back Romo, hopefully sign one more guy, and you've got an elite bullpen. Wow. Uh, starting pitching. Um, for this, I think if you're gonna if you're gonna sign a starter, you want to sign one big name guy. Well, to start, and that doesn't mean Garrett Cole or Steven Strasburg. It means someone in the Bumgarner Wheeler uh, tier, which is for me and you kind of just those two. I don't know if there's anyone really jumping out. Hamill is aging. <laughs> I don't know if I want him <laughs> exactly. If because my my thing is, if the Twins are going to bring back someone lesser than that, or if they're going to sign someone lesser than that, just bring back Kyle Gibson, someone who's familiar and just as good as... He's in the third tier along with most other guys that... I'm off the Tanner Roark train. That was fun while it lasted. But if they're going to bring him in, just bring in Kyle Gibson. I mean, it makes more sense to do that. Ouch. It, yeah, sorry. Because <laughs> I, I think the Twins will sign one starting pitcher who is... Uh, not in the Garrett Cole tier, but in the Zach Wheeler tier, and I hope it is Zach Wheeler, to headline the rotation with Jose Barrios. And I think they'd sign one starter from free agency and hopefully make a trade to get another one in there. That's my take. Um, One person that I mentioned earlier on this, and I think the Twins have a good shot of taking in, you know, one-year deal. Just because if Jason Castro leaves, I would love Tyler Flowers. He's been elite defensively. He's in top for framing and well, framing and at the catching position all year. Mm-hmm. He's been just elite there. So bringing someone who, when he plays over Mitch Garver once in a while, is 
he can definitely help out the pitching staff, and he can help out Mitch Garver as well with more pitch framing help and all that. Just the Nelson Cruz effect, you know. So, yeah, that's about mine. No one really at – you don't need anyone else in the lineup, I don't think, do you? I mean, first base is covered, second base is covered, shortstop covered, third base covered, uh, center field covered, right field covered, DH covered, left field is a mystery for now. We'll see later. Well, but, well, yeah. let's not get ahead of ourselves. Sure, I'm, I'm not spoiling anything. I'm just saying you never know there. But that's mine. Not a huge off-season of many signings. Just hopefully one big starter, a big, and I guess a big name reliever as Wilson Smith. Bring those two in, bring in a backup catcher, and see where you go from there. All right, you're a, a simple man, I suppose. Jeez. There will No, be, I... Uh, probably a couple signings like Martin Perez last season where they just experiment and see where it goes. Not saying anyone will like make the rotation, but probably a couple low minor league signings where they just experiment, which I'm not going to expand on right now, but just for more moves that will be made. All right. All right. It wouldn't surprise me, but kind of like uh, my expectations going into this, I, I mean, we've heard so much about uh, windows being open and when do you make moves and when it's time to, you know, do all those, like, step on your throat. All those all those quotes they had last offseason that pissed everyone off. Uh, <laughs> but it were it, in my opinion, I feel like they were, they were uh, accurate, at least at the, yeah. the time. I don't think it was quite the time to go, you know, all in, whatever that entails. And sort of, like, this year is that year. And so – I, I think I would be somewhat disappointed if they have a, a quiet or a modest off season because you're like and I, and I know that off season uh, deals and off season moves doesn't equate to uh, success the next season. If that were true, the Philadelphia Phillies would still be playing. Um, but I I think now is the time to do that. I think now is the time to you know flex your muscle and just be like, okay, we are gonna make we're gonna build off what we already have and just really establish ourselves as a threat in the American League. And so Well so who what what name or what are a couple names that would mean? Was that like trades or free agency for you? Uh I think it'd be a mix of both. And granted uh, if we go into trade territory it's a little bit more murky just because mm-hmm. who's available, who's not. That stuff's a lot uh, uh less easy to keep track of than just, you know, free agency. So again it's a very like vague thing I'm talking about there. It's just like more concepts than specific names more than anything, but I guess uh, that's kind of where I'm going to. Yeah, then I guess what I'm I mean is, do you consider a guy like Zach Wheeler to be in that tier of going all in? If it's compounded with other moves, yes. Okay, sure. All right. So if what I said, Wheeler, Smith, backup catcher, few low level signings, is that enough for you, or is there more they got to do? I'd I'd and, like one or two. I'd like okay. I feel like that that'd be a perfectly fine off season. If I had to grade it, it'd be somewhere in like the B minus to B category. I mean, what more can they do? Really, <laughs> there's not that many holes to fill. I, I you, you trade for another starter. How about that? Right. I, I, I guess I didn't really specify. If they do my moves and make one trade for a starter, which I kind of brought up earlier, I guess I don't know what level the starter is. A mid mid rotation number three. I think that's fine by me if that's all the moves they make. If you do that, and then include the guys who talked about re-signing? Yes, yeah. Like Pineda and right, Odorizzi. Yeah. Pineda, right. Odorizzi, and Romo. Yeah, all right. I'd be fine yeah. with that then. All right, cool. Yeah, all right. So, 
really, it really just comes down to that last starter. I'd really like to, and I'm kind of, uh, I guess I'm kind of like pushing in what I, I wrote the other day, but uh, I did write, uh, and I talked about the state of the starting rotation, how it was kind of like at this, uh, we saw in 2019 that the, the rotation was never complete. And sort of what I meant by that was that uh, it started off well, and it seemed like everything was going to be well, but it's, the wheels started to fall off with, like, each week and each month. And sort of, like, you can never take anything for granted. I, I don't think they should go in assuming a whole lot. I, I don't know if I like him assuming that, you know, a Randy Dobnak or a, a Lewis Thorpe can handle the load of a full season, and they should just start him out as a number five. I, I very much like it if we had a entire rotation of veterans, uh, established veterans, not just – uh, you know, throw the number five to someone and then constantly have that be something you have to, like, uh, build around the entire season because you didn't do anything over the off season about it. Yeah, I agree. If they're starting with a guy like Thorpe or uh, Smeltzer or Dobnak in the five, uh, I don't think it was the best off season. I mean, I think that's a given. The f- I mean, we'll get to this later, but my five contains Barrios, Odo and Pineda, along with two guys they acquired. If they only acquire one starter this offseason, something seems to not have gone perfectly right, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. So yeah, uh, it's surprise, surprise there. We agree. Um, <laughs> kind of moving into uh, uh, what we were just talking about. There were some interesting quotes that came out uh, early. This was uh, Brandon Warren. He said, uh, "Takeaway from today's meeting with Rocco, Falvey, and Levine." Uh, quote, we're going to target impact pitching uh, from Derek Falvey, and then uh, we're in a position to be aggressive from Thad Levine. So I find those very interesting because it seems like over their history uh, as being the head honchos of the Twins, it seems like they've been actually very straightforward in uh, saying what they're going to do, uh, believe it or not. Sort of like, and whether or not you agree with it is, it is what it is, but they've kind of been like, hey, this is how we're going to do things. It just is what it is. So if they come out immediately, uh, like right as the offseason starts, and they're like, uh, we're going to aggressively go to impact pitching, that really does raise my eyebrow. I'm very intrigued by that. Yeah, and I think it comes with what they've been preaching since they were signed, you know, this three-year window, and then once that's open, the window's completely open, they'll target and go for it all, which, I mean, right now, I mean, seems like the perfect time. And like you said, they've never – I mean, when they say things, it's usually true, and they've never said anything like this. It's always been, when the window's open, we will do it. And now that the window's open, they're saying, we will be aggressive and we're targeting impact pitching. So, you know, mm-hmm. why not believe it? seems true to me. <laughs> I'd, I'd like to, although uh still are a lot of uh, negative dams out there. Forever, sure. forever will be, until they do something, which means until they sign Garrett Cole. So, it'll be yeah. here forever. Nothing less than the, the inevitable thing that's not going to happen, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Oh, well. Although I do find that also interesting specifically as a focus on impact pitching, not necessarily sign impact pitching. Right. Mostly I, looking, yeah. I don't know if I'm looking into that too much, but uh, I do find that interesting. I guess you can't be like, we're going to definitely sign impact because you can't guarantee anything's going to work out your yeah. way. Uh, yeah, so if you say that and then no one wants to come to Minnesota, you look like an idiot, so. Yeah, you have to throw some front office talk in there. Okay. So, uh, now we have fan questions this week. So let's see. Let's start with. Uh, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna do a double one here. 
So I think these two questions are related to each other. Uh, so the first one, Carl, at Prime Kirilov, is Alex Kirilov making the team out of spring training? And then Carl Gosman, Falk Off Walk, uh, is Eddie Rosario on the roster for 2020? I, again, I think those two things are related to each other. If one thing happens, then the other will. So uh, I guess we can attack the first one. Is Alex Kirilov making the team out of spring, spring training? Well, if Eddie Rosario isn't on the roster for 2020, then yes. Uh, I think then they have uh, they have seen or they have determined that the best uh, action taken would be to uh, trade Eddie Rosario, either for starting pitching or whatever, and then just either give that spot to Kirilov or Larnick or uh, have Cave until one of them take over. I don't see them signing a free agent outfielder. So, you know, I, when I answered this question, I said to myself, wow, I'm getting real creative here, saying if Rosario leaves, then Kirilov will be up here, I think. And I wrote, tie this two, tie these two questions together, thinking to myself, Matt won't do this. I'll be the only one to do this. <laughs> and, of course, because we <laughs> agree on everything, it just yes. took all my steam there. So I also wrote, ah. if Rosario is gone, Kirilov will be here. I think it's more probably, you know, thinking of it right now, probably 50-50, I'd say they stick with someone like Lamont Wade or Jake K for a little bit. Maybe just get Kirilov a little more ready because – I mean, he didn't have the best season in the minors this year, but I think he's a player that could perform up here. And, you know, right now, but they would like, I'd say they likely let him have some time in the minors, especially with how Wade and Cave are able to handle it. So I don't know exactly. But if Rosario's here, it's a no. And if he's gone, it's a lot more likely. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So we're not, we're not entirely be surprised. He's. Rosario is probably the the one guy of anyone where it's like if he got traded, I, I again I wouldn't really blink an eye, <laughs> unless I get to see the return, of course. Cause that could be well, nice. He, well, yeah, you got to see that first. I don't think he really, I don't like is the main headline of a trade after his performance this season. Like he can be a centerpiece with someone else. Like he won't be the main piece for any team. They'll be looking at a guy like Brent Rooker to also be. Up there, like, Rosario alone will not get you a starting pitcher. Uh, not, a, not a quality one, probably. Right. I, I think his value is a lot lower than a lot of fans think it is. Mm-hmm. And front offices are pretty smart. They're not going to give us a number three for Rosario straight up. Yeah. You're not going to get I, – I love seeing those trades. Where it's like, well, what if we give him Rosario, Nick Gordon, J.K., but we're going to get Noah Syndergaard? <laughs> no. No, you're not. I'm yeah. sorry. Is ridiculous, but uh, yeah, I I think you're right. I think it would be a centerpiece. You'd have to definitely put some other prospects in there, uh, depending on what that team's need is, I suppose, when you fill it. But yeah, would, would not surprise me. So uh, let's see. Looking down here, uh, let's go with this. So uh, Yoshida at Racing Yoshi, which free agent pitcher will most likely sign with the Twins? Well, unfortunately, I'm not a free agent pitcher, so I would not know. Um, <laughs> however, if if I want to frame this question as like what type, I think uh, like we were talking about more of a, the second to third tier. I think the first tier is strongly going to be uh, Garrett Cole, Strasburg if he opts out, and then uh, Hunjin Ryu, and then uh, beyond that, I guess whoever falls in that you would consider. Uh, yes, and this is a name we've mentioned a million times, and a name we will talk about every single week until he's somewhere. Zach Wheeler seems like the perfect pitcher to be on the Twins. You brought it up a lot. I'm 
definitely on the Wheeler train now. I'd love to see him here. He's been borderline, like, really good. And, you know, Twins, four years, 90 million or something, and make him even better. And he could be, you know, right up there with Barrios for four years. So that's who what we both want the Twins to sign. All right. I can't wait for uh, after he signs, I can say just welcome to the Zach Wheeler podcast because that's <laughs> really what this is going to be for the next yep. few weeks. Yeah, I mean, it'd be, it'll be heartbreaking, though, when he doesn't come to Minnesota. If he doesn't, that would suck. Yeah, when he signs a four-year deal with the Giants, I'm just going to get really uh, mad. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't have said that. I just cursed it. Well, okay. <laughs> uh, moving on, next question. Uh, <laughs> I didn't even see this name. Uh, hashtag sadness season at Prime Arias. Uh I love Twitter. Uh, what does a realistic starting rotation look like for opening day? I think we've talked about this before, kind of given our outline. Uh, I don't know if I want to say specific names just because that gets tiring, but more of, like, general ideas. So I think I think realistically you could say Brios, uh, Odorizzi, Pineda, and then uh, beyond that to get kind of vague, just free agent starter that's, you know, second or third tier and then traded for starter, uh, whether that's, like, a Matt Boyd or, like, I threw Joe Musgrove out there once or – you know, whoever's available. I don't know who's going to be available, so that's kind of why it's hard to say, but uh, that's kind of my general outline I'm looking at. Yep, and my ideal rotation, or realistic rotation, Jose Barrios, number one, free agent signing, such as a Zach Wheeler, number two, Jacob Rizzi, number three, a trade for, I wrote down three names that I've heard a lot, for a guy like Robbie Ray, uh, Boyd of the Tigers, or John Gray of the Rockies, just three names. None of them are, you know, I have no idea, but just three potential names, the kind of guy you could get back. And then Michael Pineda, number five. So, yeah, kind of on the same boat as you, strangely. All right. All right. Interesting that you had uh, Jose Brios as your number two, even though Zach Wheeler's better, but, eh, you know. I mean, sure. I, even if he is, I give Brios the opening day nod just based on him being here. I'm not basing this off of <laughs> this is my opening day starter, Jose Brios. I think you got it. This was unrelated, but I'm just opening this Fangraphs page now. Uh, Brios fit by year. 2017, 3.84. 2018, 3.90. 2019, 3.85. That's remarkably consistent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've noticed that. He's not, like, getting better. He's just staying around the same, which is odd. Like, you see flashes, but then you see flashes the complete opposite way as well. So, I don't know. Hopefully yeah, it's, it takes that next step. It's strange. I can't really understand why he pitched eight more innings this year, had a comparable FIP, uh, and then was uh, 1.3 wins better? I don't know. It was like yeah. FIP around the league just higher? Uh, I don't know. No, this doesn't make any sense to me. So, yeah, that was it, yeah. All right. Well, that's a, that's a different talk, I guess. Let's not get into the intricacies of calculating F4 for pitchers. So... Uh, yeah. on, you want me to handle uh, this next question? Since you might need to <laughs> go right time. ahead. This is, a, right. this is probably the weirdest one we've ever gotten. So, all right, hang on, I'm pulling it up. Uh, it is the genie question, correct? That's the last one. <laughs> the genie question, yes. <laughs> Leave it at that, so people don't know what the hell we're talking about. Oh, don't worry, I got this. A man comes up to you and says, "I am the baseball genie. You may have three baseball wishes. However, they are not guaranteed to come true." First wish has a 75% chance of coming true. Second is 50-50. And the last and final wish depends on your favorite player's OBP. What are your wishes? 
small start to give you some extra time. My first wish of 75%, uh, Garrett Cole and Steven Strasburg for five million ten years each. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's not realistic whatsoever, and it's not doesn't have to be. The uh, my second wish, 50-50. The New York Yankees have 28 straight losing seasons to make up for those 28 rings they consistently <laughs> like to tell us about. <laughs> and then number three, favorite player Brian Dozier on base percentage 340. Buxton is for uh, Buxton is forever healthy, and is never placed on any kind of injured list ever again. Wow, those are some damn good wishes. I don't know how many to top that. <laughs> yeah. it's fun. So uh, let's see. Uh, first wish. I went. I thought about realistic options because it wasn't you over here just <laughs> throwing out ridiculous stuff. So I guess I guess that kind of makes me a pleb or something because uh, that would have been the play. Uh, my first wish was Zach Wheeler signs. Oh, peace signs. I don't have anything specific. Uh, second was 50-50. Uh, I wish to trade for Matt Boyd. So I guess 50-50 chance that happens. And then uh, my my third wish was that uh, New York would be wiped from the map and never exists again. And, wow. Uh, well, my, my – <laughs> well, let's, let's not think about the moral implications of such a – Sure, okay. But, uh, <laughs> my uh, <laughs> favorite – Ouch, well, now I'm rethinking that one. That's kind of mean. I it? love it. It's, good. Um, it's wonderful. <laughs> no, they deserve it. Never mind. I'm, I'm not taking them back. <laughs> so, favorite player is Max Kepler, OBP of 336. So, there's like a one in three chance that happens. So, that's nice. You know, I've actually decided my favorite player is Mike Trout and his uh, 338 <laughs> OBP or whatever. He is. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, so, yeah, I guess Buxton's got a much better chance. No, just kidding. I almost did that just to cheat some more, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't dare. Oh, we we would never cheat. And my my favorite player actually is Alex Bregman. I don't know if you know this. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's great. That's fun. I I do enjoy. We don't get those kind of questions too much, but I do enjoy them. Yes, they're fun. Adds a little uh, non-seriousness to the most serious podcast. No, yeah, we're. All business all the time. So, uh, moving on, we have some minor prospects. Ooh, I guess that was a pun in itself, wasn't it? Uh, wow. We have some minor prospects. I did not meet, you know, this, this just comes naturally. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Uh, first one is Royce Lewis. We've talked about him playing in the AFL. Uh, again, he's just been murdering it. But most recently, he was named the MVP of the AFL All-Stars game. Oh, that's a mouthful right there. But he had a two-run home run in the second inning, and I guess that was good enough to – put him over, so he's really been doing well. Again, hasn't played any shortstop whatsoever. He's played uh, center field, third base, and even second base, but uh, no shortstop, which is interesting. Right, I saw he got this, like, really cool-looking belt that looked like some WWE thing. Was that for winning the MVP? Did you see that? Yeah, yeah, that was for winning the MVP. That was dope as hell. Jeez. That's much better than the award MLB gives out. Oh, yeah, that was much. You know, I was thinking when I saw it, I'm like, man, that's more money than they made the entire season. That That is very true. He should sell it. Maybe, maybe he did. Although I think, I think with the amount of money he made for his uh, signing, that's he doesn't need to. But. Yeah, I've seen his Instagram stories. He looks he looks well off. <laughs> Just so you know. He, he, you know, he's got a nice place. Yeah, yeah, so... Bryce Lewis is doing fine. I guess that's what I'm drawn from this. Bryce Lewis's financials. These are the things we talk about. I guess I, I don't even know what happened. So. Oh well. Uh, the next 
the next thing that happened, uh, so apparently it was this was kind of weird because like some news broke out about it, and then like I don't know, I don't even know if it's been fully confirmed, but it's been somewhat confirmed. Uh, we're talking about uh, some minor league coaches on the move. Uh, so I heard uh, at AAA for the Rochester Red Wings that uh, Stu Cliburn, uh, I believe that was the pitching coach, uh, is going along with their manager Joel Skinner. Uh, I like how we're kind of in the point. Uh, if the, I like the phrasing we see, like they're uh, specifically said that his contract was not renewed or he was <laughs> not asked to return. He was fired. Let's just say yeah. he was fired. You know, why? Why can't we just say a man was fired? Like, what's wrong with that? So that. uh, that's. That's kind of interesting. Uh, Cliburn is interesting because he was in the twin system for 28 years. Uh, Skinner, uh, he what? only was the manager for two years. Yeah, so. Oh, I don't know. Mean. There must. It's mean. We're kind of at a point now in the minor league system, well, for professional baseball, where they, they're kind of ruthless when it comes to this kind of stuff. It's like efficiency over anything, you know? And, uh, yeah. If you're there for 28 years, if you're there for one year, it means all the same to them, whether you like it or not. Yeah, that sucks, I guess. My initial reaction when I saw there was some coaching changing going on at AAA was the Stephen A. Smith. I'm going to tell you right now, I don't care. But, <laughs> yeah, but you know, it, it is a bit interesting, I guess. You know, 28, that's just, that's just mean. So, yeah, maybe it's you just retire, announce retirement, get some money. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's kind of interesting because uh, – as I said, not only that, it's the, the efficient system, you know, if you're not performing up to snuff, uh, sorry, you just got to, you know, ask, yeah. ask you to not return or whatever, however they want to clean that up, firing you. So we'll we'll see how they replace them or who they replace them with. But, yeah, I guess I guess that happened. I, I wonder if we're going to hear anything more coming out about that kind of stuff. Yeah, looks like, you know, Falvey and Levine might have, we, or they're the ones who go through and do that, I'd assume, right? I, uh, I assume so, yeah. Right. Or at least right. they have, like, the final say regarding that kind of stuff. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, maybe it's like they did with Molitor. Kind of wait till. I, I don't They What they did with Molitor was just kind of wait till they had a losing season or weren't too successful and just said, well, we got to do this because, you know, when they never really wanted Molitor in there in the first place, but I don't yeah. know. I don't think yeah, that was well, Skinner was there for two years, so he was hired oh, to them. Oh, that's true. So I guess you uh, know, I don't know. Maybe that he guy wasn't was good. For, the other guy was in there for 28 years, and <laughs> they approved him when they originally came in. So yeah, I guess something changed. That's all I can really say. Maybe they're really big fans of having winning seasons in Triple A because I know they didn't make the playoffs. So <laughs> Ooh, that's ouch! Wow. <laughs> That's, That's a, what they care about. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, tr- winning the Triple H championship. Now, that means something. They uh, couldn't get Alejandro <laughs> de Aza to bring him to the playoffs. Yeah, you couldn't. You know, when you can't ride Ramon Flores and Alejandro <laughs> de Aza and Ian Miller to a championship, you know, sometimes it just happens. Yep. So, there's, there's that. We should probably stop milking stuff that doesn't exist here for contact. Uh, uh, ouch, you got to cut it off at some point. So, we got... Well, I guess we don't really have it. I have. We still have looking ahead here, but aches. There's nothing really. There's no Twins games immediately for a while. Like a while. We're Astros fans today. We are. I can't root for the Astros. No. I mean, it's still over the Yankees, though, right? 
I can't root. I I plead the fifth. I'm not rooting for either. Oh jeez. All right, we're Nationals fans. We're, we stand one. Yes. Hell yes. We're Nats <laughs> fans. Big Nats fans here. <laughs> all right. I hope they win it all then. Go Nats. Actually, trying to check. Actually, yeah. New York game, but it won't come up. No. Well, actually, yeah. Yeah. Of all the four teams remaining, I'm probably okay with the Nats doing it more than anyone else. So. Yeah. Same. I don't think they will. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be the Astros, despite. You know, my non, I don't, you know, love them, obviously, but it'll, that's my pick, despite it sucking. Right. Wow, you have, you have the Astros, you're really bold there, jeez. I, I had the Twins to start off, and that didn't work at all, so I'm not going to go bold anymore. <laughs> all right, yeah, okay, that's the lesson you've learned, all right. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's about all we got. All right, well, yeah, that's it, uh... I guess, uh, so going into off-season stuff, we'll be, I know you'll be posting on Twins Daily, I'll be posting. Uh, we don't have uh, specific schedules yet. I assume those are, are going to come out sometime soon as we sort of sort all that out with the amount of writers we have. Good Lord, we have so many writers yeah. now. <laughs> it's kind of overwhelming. But uh, <laughs> I assume we'll hopefully be renew our contract. We'll, hopefully, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Ooh, I'm getting, getting nervous over here. I might get fired. <laughs> Uh, no, 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 I'm joking, but, uh, mm-hmm. we'll have that coming out, um, I guess the most recent article I had posted a few days ago was my, uh, four major thoughts, or lessons, I should say, that, uh, I took away from the 2019 season, uh, you, you had an article as well, I read it, it was, I used it as my basis for the, uh, twin players <laughs> and free agency, uh, just cause it was a nice list, I wanted a nice one, sometimes it's hard to find a good one out there, so, yes, uh, good job there. Thank you very much. Yeah, I mentioned it earlier. It's just where I think the players will go that are free agents for the Twins. And I was off social media for a couple of days, kind of. I didn't really go on Twitter at all, so I did not realize you posted anything. So I will go read that. That's my bad. <laughs> Man, you were off Twitter for a few days. I am so jealous of you. <laughs> it was like sounds... two. I came back today. Oh, that sounds so great. That sounds so great. It was weird. Like I'd... Yeah, <laughs> it's just strange. You're like, I went this entire day without someone complaining. That is <laughs> odd. Yeah, probably going to not happen again for a while. So I had my rest. I had my Mitch Garver year-long break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've the, the equivalent, or so it feels like. Well, yeah, so that's what I'm doing. Like, right on my funds. All right, well, I guess that's kind of it from us. The, a... I don't want to say it was a sad episode, because that kind of implies that we sucked, but uh, <laughs> it's more like the topic was sad, certainly. It's more fun uh, coming to terms with the fact that the season's over, at least for your favorite team. Yeah, and I slightly, I know you hate it, but I do slightly enjoy off-season talk, so I had fun. It was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean... In small doses, but I know, I know, like, halfway through November, I'm just going to lose my mind. I'm just going to be like, oh, my God, I can't believe this. Yeah, I suppose. I'm just ignoring my that feeling, so we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I The the day that, uh, after the World Series, when I go to, like, Ken Rosenthal's Twitter and put on notifications, and I'm like, well, we're officially in the oh, season. season. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I'm one of those guys. I'm one of those oh, guys. Definitely. i got to know when news breaks. I had, like, a ton of that last time. Absolutely. And, of course, you know, it was all uh, John Heyman. I had to turn that off eventually because he'd be tweeting about Bryce Harper's breakfast or something. And, <laughs> man, he really wanted to break that news. 
The holy crap, yeah. It was like every tweet was the most useless thing ever. It's like Bryce Harper is debating. It's like uh, Bryce Harper stepped in the shower with his left foot. Right. Now the Phillies right. uh, were, invent- <laughs> were uh, are founded by a left-handed. Uh, it's like what? 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 What, what are you doing here? Oh. Break something. Something happens. My God. Yeah, the best part of those tweets is the replies, which I will look forward to again because it's just entertaining entertainment. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's the the good replies where you can steal all the quality memes. <laughs> That's true. That is where yeah. you get the good ones. Yeah, no, uh, Twitter remains undefeated when it comes to sports writers' uh, comments, mentions. <laughs> all right. So on that note, really fun, <laughs> well, that was the – you know, it's been a while since we had a weird thing that we talked about at the end of the episode. So uh, I, I did appreciate that. Yeah, we've been talking about playoffs lately, which has just been – who wants to talk about that? Let's talk about – John Heyman, much better. I don't want to talk about John Heyman's mentions. Yeah. Yes. Ooh. Well, yeah, the Roto just blew 97 by Edwin Encarnacion, so that was nice. watching the game while we podcast? I just turned it on, maybe. <laughs> yeah, well, I got to go catch the game, so I'm going to hang up here. <laughs> All right, yeah, we'll continue watching, although I have to edit this also. So. Oh. Yeah, that's a shame. Well, I guess I have a long night ahead of me. Fun stuff. Yeah. Oops, see you. All right. Oh, yeah, yeah, thanks for tuning in. <laughs>